welcome back to the Brighter Web Podcast, insights on growing a small business using the latest technology and marketing best practices. Hi, I'm Robert. Hey, I'm Mickey. How's it going, Robert? Oh, I'm doing pretty good, Mickey. Oh, hang on. Sorry okay. about that. Oh, hang on. My bad. Oh. Sorry, it's just my phone. Well, how, it's okay. How unprofessional. I know. This it's, is it's a, horrible. This is a podcast. What are, we, what are we talking about today? Well, if you would get off your phone oh, and, and pay attention. Sorry. My bad. My bad. Sorry. We're talking about digital distractions. Oh, how timely is that? Oh, man. It's I'm, almost like we planned that. It is. Kind of like that. So, um, you know, once you put down your phone, what, what would you say are some digital distractions? I mean, it's really all those bings and bops and buzzes that come to your phone for emails and for Slack and for text messages and for phone calls and status updates and social media notifications and other apps that have things and news alerts and Amber alerts and just all the little things that can pop up on your phone or on your computer to distract you all the time. They're all begging for your attention by making noise and buzzing and all that kind of thing. You gave me just a little bit of anxiety, even just (laughs) listing off all of the different things that are indeed vying for our attention 24-7. Right. And we didn't even really hit all the things because there's many more beyond that. But there's just so much stuff that all your attention is valuable and they're all trying to get it. Yes. You, know? you, you mentioned, well, I want to call it one right quick, the Amber Alerts, mm-hmm. which I don't know. I know it's in the state of Georgia. I don't know if it's everywhere across the country, but it's basically when you know a child abduction happens, which is a very serious thing. But everyone phone, everyone's phone, because it's connected to a universal system in Georgia, yep. everyone's phone starts buzzing and Binging and bleeping and buzzing, and that generally overrides overrides silent mode too. So you like mine when it does that, it freaks me out because I usually keep my phone just quiet all the time, and when it starts beeping like that, I, it freaks me out a little bit. Yeah, yes. it gets yeah. my attention. But it's also funny because again, everyone in the room's phone right. is doing the same thing at the exact same minute. Yeah, oh, look at that. I also turned up my notifications. And I got a <laughs> Slack go. notification there. Yeah, just it just goes to show you we did this on purpose. Mm-hmm. How ubiquitous and frequent and constant all of these digital distractions are. So. Why would you say that these are a problem? I mean, in some cases, they're okay. I want my alarm to wake me up in the morning. I think an Amber Alert could be valuable. But generally speaking, they break our focus. You know, getting quality work done requires that you stay focused. And they say any distraction can cost you like 20 minutes to get back into that headspace. It's Mm -hmm. something Allie and I have talked about a lot. We'll be deep into something. Wish we could just capture that space we're in, but you can't. If it gets broken, it takes a long time to get back into that headspace of whatever problem you're dealing with. Um, Also, people can't really multitask like we think we could. We all, we all think we can multitask, but you're really just task switching very quickly. And that's, I remember when Windows 95 came out, that was the big thing. They said, it can multitask. And people said, it's not even multitasking. It's just switching really quickly between different things. That's sure. how computers do it too. They can just recover quickly because they can stay in that state. Whereas we have to kind of get back into that mode of whatever distracted us in the first place. So essentially what you're saying is, despite what we may think of ourselves, we can't actually answer an email and a text message and scroll through social media and respond on Slack and do all of the things that all of the different notifications are requiring and asking of us yeah. all at the same time. You sort of can, but not very well. I mean, people say I can literally do both and you probably can, but you're not focused on what you need to be focused on to do it. So generally speaking, that's right. Yeah. It very much diminishes the quality of the responses and the things that we're trying to do when you are trying to spin the wheel and do all the things, everything, right. everywhere, all at once. Yeah, absolutely. And really, the problem is it keeps us pulled toward urgent tasks more than important ones. And yes. there, there's a case where there are tasks that are urgent and important, but generally the urgent ones are just the things that are the loudest, whereas the important tasks often are the things where you need to get away from the distractions to really focus and think and really dig into what the problem is. Yeah. Can we touch on on something specific right there that you, you just mentioned? So the, the urgent rather than the important, um, I don't know if people know the Eisenhower matrix 
um, or Mickey, if you want to explain what the Eisenhower matrix is and how it relates to this conversation. Yeah, if you Google it, you can see it, but it's really a, a four boxes in kind of a square with urgent going on one axis and important going the other. And you have four types of things. You have four tasks that are not urgent and not important that you should probably never do. You have tasks that are urgent, but not important, which is things buzzing on your phone. You have things that are important, but not urgent, which is tough to get to because that's where you have to focus because the urgent stuff overwhelms it. And then the urgent and important things, which it's easy to get to because those are obvious. And so the problem is the urgent and important gets taken care of, mm -hmm. but the urgent and unimportant tends to pop up, not giving you time to hit the important and not urgent. Exactly. That makes yeah. sense. That's the, that's the big dichotomy right there is that there's not many things that are both urgent and important. Right. And the things that are urgent but not important are the things that often waste our time and distract us because they're the ones that are yelling the loudest. Those are the fires that we're having to constantly put out in our jobs and in our life. Yeah. But it's really the things that are important but not urgent is where a lot of the value lies. And a lot of times, because we're so distracted and so surface level, we can't get to those things. Yeah, we'll talk about some tips for that in just a few minutes, I think. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So are there specific times that I think, you know, obviously there are times when we're going to have to answer those emails and texts and Slack messages, but there are other times when I think we should almost keep them sacred and keep them separate and away from the distractions. So what are, in your mind, some of those those areas where we should really be wary of digital distractions. And again, I keep my phone silent most of the time, so I try to be wary of them all the time. Sure. But really, there's two main times to do that is when you're either with people and you want to be actually with the people you're with. Mm -hmm. We've all been side by side with someone who's just buried in their phone and you're not really with them. Mm -hmm. Or if you're trying to think hard and get something done. So with people could be in a meeting or you know, at meal times or just hanging out with people. And then, of course, you have to have those work blocks where you're actually focused on getting your work done. And that's a horrible time to get distracted by that kind of stuff too. Yeah, I know personally, I've tried to really try to separate myself from my phone and other devices as well, especially around, like you said, meal time. Um, and then also like right before bed, right? Because yep. we've heard lots of different studies that talk about if you're just scrolling through your phone right before you try to go to sleep, it does weird things with your brain. Right. <laughs> it doesn't allow you to get restful sleep. So I really mm -hmm. try to put down my phone at least an hour before yep. going to bed and maybe, you know, maybe reading a book and maybe a Kindle or a physical book or whatever to have my brain do something, but not not trying to check social media again at, at 1030 right before. For sure. Well said. Sleep. Yeah. yeah. So um, why does this matter in a conversation about marketing? What is, what a, you know, relevance does digital distractions play in the digital marketing game? It's tough because we're competing for people's attention, you know, against those distractions. We're trying to get attention for us or for our clients about things that matter, fighting against those distractions from the phones. And it's tough because so many of those distractions are marketing messages in and of themselves. Mm -hmm. Some appropriate, some not so much, but regardless, they're bugging you to say, hey, buy this thing or click on this or trying to get you to, to, to interrupt you to, to give their message. And that just makes it tougher for the, the good stuff to shine through. Yeah. In my mind, I mean, it can almost be a good thing that we're constantly being bombarded with marketing messages because as marketers, we can learn from those things. We get, you know, all the emails and we get all the, you know, social media ads and everything. And so for those of us who actually also run those things, send ads and send emails and send tweets, um, we can maybe learn from somewhat of the bombardment that we get from those marketing messages. But it's also a challenge because we're trying to do the work of writing things and creating and designing and building marketing messages while we're also kind of fighting off the onslaught of 
all the notifications. So it's a, a double-edged sword in that way. Yeah, and I think that the difference is if people have asked for your interruptions or if you're stealing their attention. Mm-hmm. You know, Seth Godin has said stealing someone's attention is amoral. Like you shouldn't spam people or cold call or do things to interrupt them. But sometimes I do sign up for email lists and I want to get emails from this mm-hmm. company with deals. I want to hear from this company. I want to follow them on Facebook. You know, there's places where you want to feel, get attention and be interrupted because you asked for it because you know there's value versus those that choose to cold call and spam and things that they're trying to steal that attention in an amoral way. And so there's, it's a difficult line at times. That's kind of where we try to hold it. I think it's also a challenge because like you're saying, you can still get a, an email from a newsletter list that you signed up for, but try to respond and check on your terms and your time, right? right. Not just when that company sent you their email, like, hey, designate a time on your schedule where you're going to check email and you're going to see that email from that that company, right? Rather than trying to respond in the moment just because they sent something to you. Correct, Um, yeah. Which kind of brings us to the the tips and tricks part of this episode, which is how do we actually deal with all this stuff, right? It's it's one thing to realize Mm -hmm. the reality of a digitally distracted world, but how, how do you actually go about kind of taking back your time and controlling your attention? Yeah, it depends really what your role in the world is. There's mm-hmm. different ways to go, but um, you know, computers have focus modes. I know Mac has a fantastic focus mode. I'm sure there's things for Windows as well where it kind of disables all your notifications. You can just get work done. Yes. Uh, you can turn off certain notifications. Again, I turn off the vast majority of mine, so I just don't get them. Like I know I have email waiting for me just always, so I don't need to be pinged every time to tell me there's a new one. You know, I, can, I know to check that. Uh, can, some people set aside special time to check email and social accounts, and that's a good thing to do. Say, I'm going to check email at 10, 2, and 5 every day and not look at it the rest of the day, which mm-hmm. can be very helpful. Uh, you can set timers for certain time-wasting apps. I know folks that limit themselves. They, they love to use TikTok, but they set a little timer to say, hey, 15 minutes, let me know when I'm done 15 minutes. I need to stop. You know, those sorts of things. And I, I think a big part of that, too, especially with um, scheduling the time for checking email is sometimes even letting certain people know that you have those boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. Setting up margin in your day to say, hey, I check email at these times during the day. If you don't hear from me for an hour because you sent me an email at 10 o'clock and I don't check email until one o'clock, just know that, you know, I'm not ignoring you. I'm getting work done. And I think as you kind of build up those boundaries and and margin, people will respect that and they'll understand um, because, you know, you still are responding within a few hours of the, you know, the same day or whatever, but you're not responding immediately. Like some people, you know, if you start responding immediately, they're going to expect you to respond immediately. And if you (laughs) don't, because you're trying to get yourself away from that and get yourself in a better headspace, then they wonder what's wrong with you and why are you ignoring me for five minutes? Right. But generally speaking, I think if you can reply to an email in three hours, you're still way ahead of the game. You don't have to worry about it too much. If you can keep, again, we break down inbox zero and keeping things cleaned out so we know what we have. And so if you respond to an email, send it to, or send it 10 and you respond at two, for most folks, that's perfectly acceptable. I figure... You know, in the, the hierarchy of interruptions, email, I figure people are asking for your response in a few hours. So mm-hmm. it's okay to get back to. That's where, you know, I have this whole hierarchy of attention I've kind of laid out where if someone sends you something in the mail, they expect a response in a few days. If they send something an email, they expect it in a few hours. If they send a text, they expect a response in a few minutes. And if they call you, they want your attention right now, which yep. is also why the especially younger generations don't like phone calls because you're saying, drop everything, give me your attention immediately. Yeah, that's right. At times, that's very relevant. Like if there's an emergency or something, but otherwise, maybe shoot an email and say, let's talk later so people can focus, check their emails, set a time on the calendar, and do it right. So. Yeah, and that's the, the balance between synchronous and asynchronous communication. Correct, exactly. Having those separate is huge. Yeah. What are a few other tips on kind of managing digital distractions? Yeah. One is, yeah, leave your phone in another room, like during dinner or, you know, when I go to bed at night, my phone stays down in my office. You know, it's just not even there with me to possibly ring, although it'd be silent. So I guess I may as well bring it up because I wouldn't hear it anyhow. <laughs> but, 
And yeah, just tech-free breaks during the day can be huge too. Like in my case, I'm a big fan of the, the digital tablets. I had a Remarkable for a while. I have a Kindle Scribe now where they're dumb tablets that don't have any notifications and don't even really have a, a live connection to the internet. They sort of do to, to transfer documents, but there's no notifications. So I do a thing called a clarity break. I try to do at least once a week where I just go outside or into a room that has no other devices just with a, a scribe, just to write down kind of what's on my mind and let, let my mind wander a little bit and just see what comes up with, with no distractions even possible at that point, which can be fantastic. I've often wanted to go back to a non-smartphone, like mm-hmm. go back to just like a basic flip phone <laughs> or something like that. Like that's almost a dream of mine yep. is to have something where people can just call or text me with, you know, urgent needs right. and not have access to <laughs> social media and the internet and maps and all that kind of other stuff. But unfortunately, I think smartphones are just so heavily wedged into our life that it's hard to to make that clean break like that. But you yeah. know, that's always been a thing in the back of my mind of like, I, I wish I could go back to a time before mm-hmm. the constant pings and buzzes and dings and bells and everything. And the folks at Palm had one like that a few years ago. They used yeah. to do the Palm Pilot. They had a very small phone that would share your same number. And it was intended to be when you go out, just take this little phone with you. It was still a smartphone, but it had very little on it. So you get your tech, get your phone calls, but leave your main phone at home, but mm-hmm. still be somewhat connected. And again, fabulous idea and no one bought it. Yeah. So like, you know. Bring it back. I'll buy it. It <laughs> sounds like a great idea. But tied to all this, I think, kind of goes back to what David Allen calls having a mind like water. I think that plays into this too. And his thought is, if you throw a small pebble into a pond, it should make a small ripple. If you throw a big rock into a pond, it should make a big ripple. You should respond appropriately to incoming data. Mm-hmm. And if you're getting distracted all the time, you don't really know what's out there, so you respond inappropriately. You get too haggard and frenzied, and you don't know what's going on. But if you can keep a clean inbox, keep up with things, when you when you do get a notification later, you can respond appropriately because you're not wondering about the other 50 things in your life. You can keep things going. And then we take a clarity break. You also know already what's what's to be done later in the day, what things look like versus your mind spinning all that stuff. You can't really focus because you're thinking about all the possible things out there. So just staying on top of things Again, in, inbox zero is kind of the easy one there, but inbox zero on all your various inboxes can help you just be aware of what you've got, you know, what's on your calendar, and you can keep your head more clear just to be able to relax and respond appropriately to inputs as they come in. Yeah. Well, hopefully you've been listening to this episode in a distracted-free environment, and you've been able <laughs> to soak it all up and learn on how to be distraction-free in this digital age. Um, so thank you for listening to this episode of the Brighter Web Podcast, brought to you by Green Melon, a digital marketing agency. To help your business keep up the latest digital marketing trends, check us out at greenmelon.com. You can also find show notes and more episodes at A Brighter Web.